Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Mark Lewis about the unthinkable approach to hiring, an interview tool to help you hire the right employees to fit your company's culture. Mark Lewis, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, great to be with you again, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us from the Baton Rouge area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about your book, The Unthinkable Approach to Hiring, an interview tool to help you hire the right employees to fit your organization's or your company's culture, rather. And uh, that's a super important topic. I think we're all trying to grapple with how to, to attract and retain great people. And it starts with good fit. Um, and it starts with the, that whole recruitment process and the interviewing that we go through. And so hopefully we we're able to attract a good pool of applicants, but then how do we sift through them and how do we actually know who's going to be a good fit? That's a challenge. And that's always been a challenge. I'm not sure we're much better at it today than we were decades ago. And, uh, and so many people allow so many different biases to, to play in to the, the hiring process and the interview process. Uh, so I'm super excited to hear from you about some of the ideas around how we can make that more effective and have the type of impact that we want in our hiring. As we get started, I wanted to share Mark's bio with everybody. Mark Lewis is CEO at Evolve Media AI and has run CEO roundtables for the past eight plus years to help CEOs with their accelerated growth. He has a proven track record in building, leading, and guiding su- successful entities and executives for growth, acquisition, and turnaround strategies. Great to have you back on the podcast. Anything else you would like to share with my listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? No, I think uh, one of the key things that made me develop this unthinkable uh, approach to hiring was I moderate CEO roundtables and the constant complaint was, how do I find the right employees? How do I get the right people to fit in my culture? So my background in the CEO roundtables allowed me to put this together. Yeah, that's great context for the why behind the book. Um, And as I mentioned just in the introduction, so many organizations grapple with this. Uh, And I I remember when I was first teaching uh, my first university courses as a new professor, teaching uh, hiring as part of an HR course, for example, I remember showing old classic uh, Mary Tyler Moore clips of, of poor interviewing as like an example of what not to do 
clips from the office, of course, that's a little bit more um, up to date, but even now it's, that's getting old. Um, the reality is this has been portrayed in popular media for forever. And we, and we, it's funny because we all have experienced it. And it's, it's funny to the extent that we can collectively ruminate over, you know, like the frustrations that we've experienced either as the, the applicant going through the interview process or as the person doing the interviewing and recognizing we don't really know what we're doing. Um, and, and so we're all, we really want to do better. I, I really believe that. I think people want to do better. They know we need to do better, um, but we don't know how to do better. And so that's what we're going to try to unpack as we walk through uh, some of the, the main key elements of your book. So let's go ahead and dive on in and start to walk us through the process that you found to really help as we go through this interviewing to be more effective in finding that fit in, in the hiring process. Yeah, so Jonathan, you know, the standard, I guess, way to go about hiring people is you get the resume, you look at the resume, they're applying for a particular job, and you ask questions on that resume. And sometimes people will go through personality tests, and you'll take these tests to find out what that personality, the personality would be and how they would fit in. But over the years, you know, when I, when I hired people, and when I go through this process, I'm more concerned about how they think. Um, when you when you bring somebody on board, they're going to have this uh, expertise, I guess, in a particular job area. But how do they think? How do they handle stress? And so what I decided to do is like, how can I do a deep dive into somebody and how they would react in an interview process? So I came up with a special interview technique, and it's really based on prompts. And so, Jonathan, if I'm going to interview you, I would say, Jonathan, hey, thanks for coming by. Listen, all I'm going to do is I'm going to say one or two words, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes into your mind. And there's no right or wrong answers. Just tell me what's what's going to come in front of your mind. And so I developed different categories that I've broken out, professional, personal, uh, recreation, hobbies, and that kind of thing. And I developed about 90 prompts. And it has been so highly successful. In fact, the other day, I, I have a, a client and he used this interview technique. He knew this guy and he wanted to hire him. And I said, well, you got to go through this process because you really don't know him that well. He went through that process and he thought he was going to be perfect. After he got done with him, he said, nope, I'm not hiring the guy based on the interview technique that was used so it's it's pretty substantial and it's totally different and nobody can plan for it yeah great so obviously in an interview i'm not going to actually be using 90 prompts uh that would be a really really long interview so walk us through how you utilize it and how you go about selecting the right prompts for you and your organization so I really start out because there's 90 prompts, all right? You don't ask all these prompts. You might get to 30 of them or maybe, you know, somewhere around that area. And here's what's going to happen that's so significant, Jonathan, is it develops a pattern about how people think. And I'll give you an idea on how this works. So I'll say, if I was interviewing you, I'll say favorite number. And you might say a number, and then I might ask why. Then I'll say favorite car. And you might say a Maserati or a Camry. Or I'll say reincarnated as what, other than a human being. And you might say a dolphin. And might, someone else might say a lion. Or favorite movie. You might say Aladdin. Someone else may say Ten Commandments. So what happens is as you go 
through these prompts, you know, favorite color, you might say red, someone might say blue. It tells you something about them. But more significant too is sometimes these people can't think right away and they have to pause because they have to come and come up with it with an answer and it gives you an idea of how they handle stress like oh my god this is frustrating and the nonverbal communication comes across so the pattern that develops as you ask these prompts will give you an idea and a gut feel as to whether they're going to fit in your into your organization yeah and to to just put a fine point on this there's not like wrong or right answers to right. these prompts. It's like, if my favorite color is green, that's not better or worse than whether my favorite color Correct. is orange or black or whatever, right? Um, and so it's not a matter of really what the response is. It's just putting p- people in the situation where they're kind of rapid fire giving responses and thinking on their feet and and just recognizing how is that going to fit with what you're going for. Um, and, you know, you were asking some of those questions. I was thinking, what would some of my answers be? Right. And, you know, based on like, let's say, for example, the car question. Well, you know, my favorite car is I actually drive two electric vehicles. And so that's my favorite. Um, and it doesn't even matter what the brand is, but I, I drive two different electric vehicles. And I, I share that that tells you something about me, my values, uh, what's important to me. And it's not right or wrong. I could drive a Ram truck and that's fine too. That tells me something else about, you know, what my values might be and that's fine. And so the the whole point is through this kind of an interactive approach, now I'm getting to know a little bit more. I get to peek behind the curtain a little bit, um, you know, regarding this candidate and what yes. really makes them tick. And that's, that's really the whole purpose of this, isn't it? Oh, it's so important because, you know, I'm going to go through a bunch of these and everybody that, you know, I do this in front of a group of people and everybody answers the question in their mind. But I'm going to give you some really important things because what's going to happen is is it's it's a pattern that develops like um, number one strength, five words that best describe you, favorite movie, uh, best company in the world on a scale of one to 10, how risk seeking are you? Uh, what motivates you? What What's the best decision you ever made? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? Favorite holiday? holiday favorite Disney character? I mean, or, or those kind of prompts that go through this whole process. Best actor, favorite sports figure, favorite sports team. Here's what's so important. You develop a pattern in how this person thinks. And that pattern will dis- determine whether they fit into your culture. So the other day when this guy said, oh, my, this guy's going to be great. He says, what motivates you? Well, I can't wait till it's five o'clock so I can go home and do these kind of things. Well, that guy's a nine to five guy. You don't, maybe that's not someone you're looking for, but this pattern and these red flags that come up will tell you it, Jonathan, it is so fun to do as an interview you as an interviewer and the interviewee can't prepare for it. And some people get so frustrated. Well, they, maybe they don't handle stress very well. It's all about, look, I think if I went through this whole thing with you, Jonathan, in about 20 minutes, I would find so much about you and how you think. And I could tell whether you would be a great fit in our organization. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader 
will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy courses, micro credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, excellent. And again, to to put a fine point on it, the context of your organization and its culture depends on how you're going to be interpreting the types of responses that people give. And so in some jobs, you need someone who's just like quick on their feet, um, you know, high stress kind of a a position in a high stress situation, they need to be quick on their feet. And that's one kind of context that you might find yourself in. And you need people that can navigate that effectively and efficiently right um but there are other contexts where that's actually not your culture at all um where you where you don't actually need people to be able to respond rapid fire in high stress situations and so yeah seeing how like if someone's super high strung and they're like they would probably do a little bit better in in really a a fast-paced um kind of stressful context well you're probably going to learn that as they respond to these types of responses versus someone who might be a little bit more uh, laid back, someone who right. might be, a, you know, who might fit in with your laid back culture and style. So again, there's no like right or wrong here. It's just a matter of, of looking behind the curtain and having a better feel for who the person is beyond what you can see in their resume, which, you know, we, we all do resume workshops. We do, sure. we get coached on this. We get coached on how to interview. We, we, we know the typical types of interview questions that come about. And, and then we try to say, we try to either present in a way, you know, our resume in a way that the employer is going to, you know, uh, look for, and, and it's going to resonate with them. Uh, we're going to, going to prepare interview responses in ways that we think are going to resonate with our, uh, with the, the uh, employer that we're applying for. And, is that truly who we are? Is that our authentic individual um, characteristics? And a lot of times it's not, right? And, and you can't blame either party for that. That's like the system we've all been brought up in. That's, that's what we all get talk about. We all get trained in. The question is, is it effective? And there's a reason why interviewing tends to consistently be shown to be one of the least effective ways to select uh, employees for an organization. It's because we all are going through this this, this facade, right? We're, we're going through this, this act, this, this, uh, this, this kind of performant performative act 
of of uh, the interview where the the employer isn't being completely truthful and transparent because they're trying to put their best face forward. The interviewee isn't necessarily showing really who they are because they're trying to say and do what they think the employer wants them to say and do. And so it's it's a facade. And, and we have to get past that. If we can't get past that, then interviewing really is not going to be effective. You know, you're right. There's two things that come out about this, Jonathan, you mentioned. One is, what's the difference in hiring an accountant versus a salesperson, right? So those are two really opposite end spectrums of, of what they do. So if you, if you ask an accountant on a scale of one to 10, how organized are you? And they say two, they're going, oh, that's a red flag. You know, you have to be organized as an accountant and all these other things that they prompt. But if a salesperson, you know, how, how, how do you find out whether somebody's driven? How can you see whether they're positive? They're, they're not inhibited by anything. So the pattern for what you want to see in a salesperson versus the pattern you want to see in an accountant, or it could be a technical guy, it could be an administrative person, it could be a customer service person, those patterns and how they develop and whether it fits into that job role is so critical. Now, what I found on this and what I, my, my, um, in my interview technique and talking to CEOs, I mentioned this is highly important. And it's a real quick phrase, hire for culture, train for skill, hire for culture, train for skill. You can pretty much train anybody if they have the right attitude, but it's hard to change someone's attitude and whether they fit into the culture. And everybody who's got that message have been very successful in finding the right employees for their company. And that's what really excites me because this process has been so successful and excites me so much that I've had an impact to help people get in the right people. It's been really passionate for me. And I, that's why I love to do it so much. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Uh, again, uh, values fit, culture, organizational fit, uh, person, job fit, culture, congruence, all these things, right? These are, are really essential. Uh, especially when we're thinking about not just attracting good people, but retaining them uh, because you can get someone who may be a really high performer in one context and you stick them in a different context with a different kind of a culture where they, they don't fit well. It's not a, a like a right or wrong kind of thing. It's just a matter of fit. And if they're not actually fitting well, then they're not going to be optimized and they're not going to perform as well. And they're not going to be as happy. They're not going to be as engaged and, and they're not going to stick around. Uh, and, and so then you just have the hamster wheel and the, the churning through people. Uh, and we know how expensive turnover costs can be. And we know in this, this market, in this labor market, in the great resignation, et cetera, we know how hard it is for organizations to attract great people. We certainly don't want to be losing great people. And right. so let's, let's just make sure the alignment's there from the beginning. You know, um, turnover is very substantial. If you hire the wrong person, it can take months and it's very costly when you think about hiring the right, uh, the wrong person. But the other thing you brought up, which I think is important, is you might have a good person that fits into your culture, but they're in the wrong seat. So you have the right fit, the right person, but in the wrong seat. So sometimes you need to transition these people to another uh, area that they can be effective and that they want. So that's part of the retention process. And I always say this, Jonathan, I said the best way to lose A players is to tolerate C players. 
So what you need to do is make sure you have all these people that feel like they're part of a family, but if you have a bad egg there, it really becomes toxic to the rest of the employees. I, I can't tell how many times when they said, you know, hey, we got to get rid of this person. I said, well, get rid of them because they're hurting everybody else. And when they finally do it, everybody seems to be uplifted. Everybody seems to feel better that that happened. So there's certain dynamic. You got to hire right, right people. You got to make sure that you provide the right tools and right and resources for them to be successful and to have that family culture that they're part of something that's really important. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, wonderful. So where do we take it from here? So I, I'm listening to this, this episode. I'm, I'm learning about your, uh, your kind of your approach, your framework, your interview tool and the prompts. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this sounds great. Obviously, I can get the book. I, I think that's a good step. But what else beyond that? Um, what can I do if I'm start if I'm really trying to to make my hiring uh, more effective? If I'm trying to make my interviewing more effective? Well, I think we talked a little bit about this first up front. Is remember, hire for culture, train for skill. That is a dynamic and a phrase that you should never forget. Hire for culture, train for skill. In order to be able to hire the, for culture, you need to do a deep dive into what, pers- what that person really feels, what they think, how they think, how they solve situations, how they are motivated, how they handle stress. This interview technique really reveals all that because if someone's going through these processes and they can't think and they're having so much struggles with them, well, they're not handling stress well. And you can get these nonverbal of feelings based on, on what people do. And the other thing, Jonathan, that this gives people a really uh, a, a motivation to understand what the red flags are in a person that come out and that pattern that develops. And you want to know what that pattern is and see if that pattern fits in. But those are the kind of things that because of this interview technique covers the whole gamut of everything you want to know in a person, you can get all this information very quickly. In 10 minutes, you'll know whether they fit into your group. And in a lot of cases, in five minutes, you're going to know. And never hire. If you hire the right, wrong person, it's so economically detrimental to the to the company because then you got to go through the whole process again. It's very costly. Yeah, and I, I get it, especially in this tight labor market. And positions are going unfilled for so long and people are feeling burned out because people who are in the organization often are having to do extra work to to make up the difference for the the open positions. It can be so tempting to just make a hire. Um, So you have someone, finally, you get like someone who looks half decent on paper. They come in the interview. You're like, I don't know. They don't seem like a great fit, but we just, we need somebody. And so you make that hire. Now, is there a time and a place? Are there situations where you need to do that just out of necessity? Sure. But be super careful because you, you know, you may feel desperate and you may feel like you need to make that hire even when they're not a good fit, man, it could really come back to bite you and be way more expensive and detrimental <laughs> to your team than just waiting a little bit longer to get that good applicant with the right fit. Yeah. You know, bring up uh, a Jaga situation where, you know, I ask this question, to a lot of people, when's the best hire, the best time to hire somebody? I asked that and a lot of people say, well, whenever I need them, I said, no, the best time to hire somebody is when you don't need them. Because there are situations where a person comes along and say, oh my God, this would be a great fit for my organization, but I have no place for them. I I don't know. And they want to come, but you don't have a fit for them. Hire them anyway. You know why? Because over time, things are going to happen and you're going to feel very good that you did 
hire this person and not let them go. I am a firm believer. Hire somebody when you don't need them. They come along. That's the best time to hire somebody. You don't want to let good people go away. And if they're there, do it. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on those great people no. because they're they're rare, especially in this market. Uh, Mark, it has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. Okay. But before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Well, Jonathan, thanks for having me. The best thing they can do is go to marklewisllc.com, M-A-R-K-L-E-W-I-S-L-L-C.com. I have two books up there. I have my interview technique. Um, you can go look at there. There's a drop-down box. You can take a look at the interview technique. There's uh, testimonials on there. I have a book called Give a Damn, The Ticket to Cultural Change that integrates with this interview technique. Uh, and they can certainly call me. My All my contact information is there, marklewisllc.com. And thanks so much, Jonathan, for having me. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mark can do for you. Check out the book. Let's let's get better at, at this interviewing process and the hiring so we can make better choices and ultimately really have just great, fantastic teams. As it's always, a I, it's a home run, Jonathan. <laughs> it's a home run. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Please reach out to Mark. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all can have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? 
What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.